Welcome back to another episode of Three Cousins Do a Podcast. This is episode 61. You can follow us on Instagram at Three Cousins Do a Podcast. And guys, don't forget to give us a like here on Spotify. All right, guys. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Three Cousins Do a Podcast. I am awake this time and I will not be falling asleep. I am well rested <laughs> and we are going to get into a very. Uh, I think that can be a divisive topic, and it is Deus Ex Machina. Now, for those who are unaware, Deus Ex Machina uh, is a Latin phrase that means God from the machine, and what it originates from is this uh, Greek uh, writer Euripides used to write a lot of plays and everything. He would put his characters in these crazy situations, and in order to save them or help resolve the story, he would usually bring a god character onto the stage using the special type of crane, one of the first ever special effects, by the way. Hence the name God from the Machine. Nowadays, it's used a lot uh, by people to criticize different plot points to resolve a story when a writer tends to write themselves in a corner. But I think uh, what people fail to realize is that not everything is deus ex machina and not all deus ex machina is bad necessarily how do you guys feel about it uh my, my thing about any sort of trope or any sort of uh mechanic when it comes to story writing is that i do not think that any of them are are inherently bad i just think that if it's if it's considered to be bad it just means that most people haven't used them correctly so um when it comes to deus ex machina i i feel as though it's something that can work really well if you know exactly what you're doing. the The reason why um, a lot of the reason why it doesn't usually work well is because it usually only happens when the writers write themselves into a corner. But I feel if you take into a cons- if you take into consideration a Deus ex a Deus ex machina before you get to the point in the story where you would need a Deus ex machina, it can work well. Like if you like if the story is about like. I don't know. Is if the story is about divine intervention, right? I think a, I think a Deus Ex Machina is might might as well be necessary, you know. Um, like let's like maybe a character has been rejecting influence from from the divine the the entire time and has and like has has been like losing faith and at the end of the story right when they're at the wit's end, uh, this divine figure comes down and saves them. Uh, you know, I think that in terms of being a trope, I, I think it totally works there and it's fine. I, I just think it's about the execution and what, and what you do with it. Yeah, I second that. I think that as long as you're putting down the information before you do the deus ex machina, like these elements that you're going to use to pull it off exist within the world, but they don't have to be necessarily like shouting at the audience. It can be something very subtle and then when you use it, everyone's like, maybe they're shocked at first, but then they're like, wait, well, that does make no, sense. No, that makes sense, yeah. Because, um, because this and that, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but go ahead. I was going to say, I, I have a perfect example. Uh, and it's a series that we bring up a lot, but the reason we bring it up a lot is because it's very well told and very well written. In Avatar, you could see the lion turtle 
at the end of season three and him teaching Aang energy vending as a form of deus ex machina. But throughout the series, you get hints to it. Like you hear about the lion turtles in Wan Chi Tong's library. You learn yeah. about a little bit about energy bending or the the philosophy about energy and chakras when Aang is trying to unlock the avatar state fully with Guru Pratik. And like all these little things get put together in order to help Aang get out of the dilemma of not trying to kill somebody while also trying to stop the war. Right. Yeah, I, there it served us. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I agree with that. And I, I also th- I think that plays into using a trope extremely well because I would say that a lot of people are like, oh, Aang using energy bending is a cop-out. But my thing is like, I guess physically you could say that, right? Like, oh, there's a special type of bending that can make your make the problem of Aang having to kill go away. But I don't think I don't think energy bending existing was ever really about like the writers getting out of a corner. I think it was always like symbolically meant to represent the difference between Aang and the rest of the avatars, you know? The fact that like Aang is so different and he's he's come so far and he's now just finding a different solution. So like the the lion turtles have the lion turtles were hinted throughout hinted at throughout the entire series. And like I I feel I feel like mechanically I guess it would be a Deus Ex Machina still, because I I guess there wasn't really anything to hint the fact that the Lion Turtles would be there, but that's not really what matters, you know. Um, I I think I think that the fact that it is a Deus Ex Machina or whatever it do- doesn't take away from the story significance or, or symbol symbolism. Um, another sort of example or or thing that people can do with Deus Ex Machina, because another thing is that uh, John, like you mentioned, it being built into your story. If you have a very strong or, as some ways say, like overpowered character, pairing that with a, some sort of Deus Ex Machina, but having everyone in universe know kind of like, okay, this is our end game, this is our win button, that could work really well too. Uh, take um Superman in like the Injustice timeline or other things like that. Uh, especially, I think the story of the video games laid this out pretty well, where um, for a lot of it. There's the evil Superman in this timeline. You have other people that are going on, but they didn't bring in good Superman or our version Superman to start with. And then a lot of the story is the dilemma of like, well, we see how how this guy's acting. Do we really want to bring another one of him into this world? But then when they finally do, you get this catharsis of, okay, we finally have someone that's on this bad guy's level that can take him down. What have been some of the worst you've seen in terms of Deus Ex Machina, worst I've seen. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Let me let me look up <laughs> the 15 biggest Deus Ex Machina moments in film history. Um, let's see. I, I, Monty I, Python. That's funny. It, it's tough to think of it because, like, I, I really try my best not to watch bad media or things yeah. that I'm not totally certain to be good. I mean, but. How would you know if it's bad if you didn't see it yet? You 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 can tell. A, a lot of times. Oh, you, you mean you from can trailers? Tell. Yeah, from like trailers or like the way it looks and everything. And uh, don't get me wrong, sometimes trailers can be misleading, and I have been pleasantly surprised by films before. But like, uh, it's, especially when you watch enough or you're around it enough or you understand story a little bit, you you can kind of be like, ah, this is skippable. Uh, this is not really for me. Types of things. So. I, I guess I'm True. trying to think of a moment that like really had me rolling my eyes in 
how we decide to resolve things. I think, I think the biggest, the most recent for me has to be Star Wars. Like uh, the new, the newest Star Wars trilogy mm. was riddled with, no pun intended, was riddled with Deus Ex Machina. Or just contrivances, plot contrivances, really. Wait, I'm confused. I, what, uh, what was the I, I think there? Riddled. But you said Ridley. Star Wars. Ridley? I did say Star Wars. Yeah. But what about... It's like, no, no, they, he, he mixed up Alien and Star Wars. It's fine. It's <laughs> no, the actor. The oh, actor. Daisy Ridley. Oh. Oh. oh my God. No, no, I think, I think that was a stretch. That it, it, You're good. How anyway. is that a stretch? <laughs> because, <laughs> like, the amount of thinking that you had to, like, do... Like, because when I think riddled, I, d- I think, like, the Riddler, not Daisy Ridley. I'm, ah, um, okay. But, okay. but <laughs> anyway, you brought up a good point there, Jai. Like, I think a lot of times... Deus Ex Machina and contrivances get like lumped together and sometimes confused. Um, how would what what would you guys say is like the definition of those two? Like, are they the same? Are they in the same family? They're in the same family. I mean, wait, let me think. Because it's a plot contrivance means you're making something up so that the plot or that your story can move forward. But a Deus Ex Machina also moves your story forward. Yeah, it's I guess like Deus meant to Ex resolve. Machina, Mm-hmm. I think. What? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say it's a square. It's a rectangles and squares kind of thing, but I don't. I don't think that all that all Deus Ex Machinas are plot contrivances. Um. Mm-hmm. But so it's a sort of Venn diagram type of thing. But I think I think that Deus Ex Machinas <laughs> done wrong are pretty much always plot contrivances. Yes, because. They don't have any purpose in the yeah. story other than we need to like move from A to B. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but in specifics, when I was talking about Star Wars, like at the end, you know, you get Rey using the Force without ever having any training, and also having a fight. It wasn't just that she used the Force; it was that she had a fight and she beat the villain. Yeah, I pretty was, competently. I was very upset about so, that too. That's, it was um, hmm. interesting. That's my I, least I mean, favorite thing about like uh, about movies where like characters in combat is involved. I, unless you establish how skilled your character is at something, there is no reason that the character should be beating like a, an experienced fighter in terms of like a straight combat fight. Like you should find a clever way for them to win, or something yeah. like that. Like that's that's my least favorite, you know, and it's it's something that I run into often when like trying to write characters, is like, it if if you write a character and they have a fight, you have to think, okay, well, how is my character going to win, and does it make sense within the world and within the within the way that I've built up this character? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it would be one thing to say if like, oh, Ray has been, I don't know, trained in the. Uh, ways of the force by somebody she didn't actually know was a force <laughs> user or whatever. Um, a, a matter, a matter of fact, I would have, I would have even liked it if they said, "Oh, she her her midichlorian count was like crazy." I don't know, just something. But they, <laughs> they just didn't like. <laughs> Bro, if they did no that, point. I think everyone would have like, "No, we're not watching the next one." <laughs> no, <laughs> but it would have made more sense than just, "Ooh, she main character, she good." Like you know, yeah. pretty much. I mean, if you think about in. Um, the the second film in the original trilogy where Luke goes and he's like gonna face Darth Vader like we could see that he wasn't ready 
Yeah. And like Yoda was like, you're not ready. And then he goes there and he gets destroyed. There's no like, oh, I'm good. Like, I trust myself. It didn't matter how much he believed in himself. Like, he was going to get destroyed. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, ha- and that's what should have happened with Ray's character. Um, and it didn't. And I think it would have been better to be, it, I mean, yeah, it would have been way better because it should have been like, all right, I'm picking this thing up. Don't know what to do. I need to defend my friend who's dying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm also going to get wrecked. Um, And she figures out more of, like, a a way that she knows how to fight, you know? She loses the lightsaber. I don't know. She's good with a gun. Like, she uses the gun and runs away or something. I don't know. Which is what Luke did. Luke Luke did not know how to, in the first movie, he was just shooting because he's, like, yeah, he was trained by Obi Wan for like two seconds, but he still didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, like, imagine. Force like that? Yeah, yeah. Imagine if. uh, Yeah, John Boyega's character still could have gotten wrecked at some point, but imagine if. Ray had gotten in there earlier, and you yeah. saw them both kind of take on uh, Kylo Ren. At, yeah. At one oh, you mean together at the same time? Yeah, or? yeah. And then like, okay, if Finn gets wrecked, you you get that big display of like the the potential of her Force power because like a, a big thing, especially if they were gonna go the route of like having spoilers by the way for the Star Wars trilogy, if anyone cares, but if you were gonna go <laughs> the route of her being Palpatine's daughter. Like a lot of the dark sides force powers are based on emotion. Yes, Seeing someone who's just it. your friend just yes. got hit, that would make sense for her to act out in a big blast. Yeah. But yeah, that that really is garbage. But yeah. another um, <laughs> example that I thought of that is also from Avatar, uh, an example of like upset of a Deus Ex Machina that upset me. It's Legend of Korra season two when she just astral projected into this big mech thing to like oh, defeat. Yeah. Uh, like, like that whole thing Janora actually uh, I used to call her Janora Ex Machina for a time because like <laughs> when, in season 2 and season 3 specifically she just came out of nowhere and helped Korra defeat the bad guy be- because but I mean to argue that point and I guess to be devil's advocate for a second she was like training not to jump into a mecha suit but she was training to go into the and helping I almost called her Katara helping Korra to get in touch with her spiritual side yes yes but so i guess to me that just didn't translate into giant astral projection that can fight the literal manifestation of chaos and evil right so in that case you can set up logic but your logic can't make such a big leap because then it feels weird you know, if I if I want to, if we want to keep talking about Avatar because that show is just a masterpiece, let's talk about something that isn't isn't a Deus. I don't. I wouldn't consider it to be a Deus Ex Machina at all. But something, the way that the writers got out of a, got a character out of a situation that makes sense, when Toph discovered metal bending, mm. that that was like because it's not like it's not really something that was built up before. I mean, at that point, we had already seen the Earthbenders stuck on the metal ship, so it's just like. Oh well, they can't metal bend. But then the scene happens with where Toph escapes the prison, uh, like the metal box, and you're just like, wait, no, yeah, that that makes complete sense. Yes, and, and that. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, I think they did a great job because not only did they set up the seismic sense from way earlier on, yeah. but that same episode you had Guru Patik teaching Aang about the chakras and like really the, the the energy side and spiritual side of bending even more so than he already knew. And so when you have that dialogue of like, oh, even things like metal, it's just purified earth. And you have like Toph, because another thing is too, is like, 
it wasn't easy for her to metal bend for the first time. Not at all. She was repeatedly trying to find a way out of this box. And through that, she, like, the focus and the detail lasered in. She was able to discover the pieces of Earth that were still in that metal. And that's how, like, she was able to get it. I think that was really well done. You were right, John Levy. Yeah. Super well done. Like, it just... Uh, and that's that's what gets me so angry. Because I, I feel like whenever you see, like, a bad Deus Ex Machina, it's just, like... I feel like the writer just didn't think enough about the story. Yeah. You know? Because uh, I feel like a lot of the time, there are, there are ways... You, you're watching a movie, you see Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina, and then you yourself can think of, like, a story reason for the characters to be saved. And yeah. it, it's just, like, why... It, I know that writing is hard. Like that's nobody's gonna disagree with that. But come on, sometimes sometimes you, you got to do better. Yeah. A lot of times I feel like it's because people are rushed. Yeah. In terms of like working with the studio, I don't know all the inner workings, but I do know that timetables and like money is involved. Yeah. In terms of making projects, like yeah. as you can see, certain series on Netflix go on longer than they have to because it's making should. money. Like you, um, anyway. <laughs> I still need to watch but, the newer uh, seasons of you. You know, uh, it's, do you really? I I, I, I stopped partway through the season where he like moves to the suburbs. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want to see where it went. Good place to stop. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing, right? Spoilers, spoilers oh, for you seasons. For, spoilers for you in general, right? All right, be careful I, all the spoilers though. I I won't I won't I, I won't spoil too much. It's just like. You watch, and the entirety of season three, which is the suburbs, which you're talking about. Oh, chill um, out, chill out, chill out, chill out. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I promise. It's okay. just like you're watching, and you're, and you're like, there is no reason for any of this to be happening. Like, like, like my my entire reaction to season three and four is just why, just, just why. That's that's what the show show should be called if they're gonna go with <laughs> one word. It's just why. <laughs> no, there, bro. I be, mean, there's gonna be a fifth season. There's going to be a oh, fifth God. season. Apparently, it's going to be the last season, thankfully. But there's going to be a fifth oh, season. God. Let me rant for, like, a second. Like, I am just with the strong opinion that they should have stopped at season one. Even though there's apparently three books, which I didn't know. Um, but I think season one was fine. It was a nice little no bow on the end. I didn't really need to see more. And then the second season comes along. I say... I'll give it a chance. It was very annoying. I'm not gonna lie. It just felt really? like I was so annoyed. Like, yeah, okay. It's it's an interesting dynamic. There's another person who's just like him, and now he's conflicted. What Wait, am I but that do? was the but that was the whole like twist, kind of, right? Because that was yeah. Really no, I'm saying it's a, it's. A, oh, that she's like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you could see that she was like an obsessive personality. Like, you could see I, she was different. I would argue... That, okay, I actually really like the twist of season two because I uh-huh. legitimately didn't see it coming. No, I didn't like, see it coming either. Jai, you just might be... A, a you might be, you might be Sherlock Holmes. Because so. I did not pick up on that. I, no, well, okay. I didn't know she was, like, gonna kill someone, but I knew that, like, she was definitely not a normal just... Ah, this is another... Uh, what, Guinevere? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's not another. Yeah, no, she's not this docile little thing. No. Mm-hmm. no, no, no. I, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. I, I I really I actually really liked the twist of season two because it's just like 
you didn't know like maybe even even if you did see some some like cracks like you said you really didn't know the extent of 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 love's uh love i guess i should say yeah um <laughs> i think that's what annoyed me the most yeah. i was like no, oh just her no. name yeah the name's kind of corny her name bro love. that was I'm i was queen. gonna kill myself but yeah season three and four <laughs> um narratively like season honestly you really can't stop with season three like <laughs> now that i think about it but season four like just got me angry because one one that w- season four has a twist that I did call. I won't say what it was, but I called it from like the beginning. Um, and yeah, that's not no, good. That that's just that that's really never that really, good. That really got me got me angry. Um, if you wanna if you wanna laugh, you should watch it, TJ. Oh, oh I, I do. Uh, like I was laugh. laughing at season two. I'm sorry. That's fair. Like, cause, cause like, go ahead. I kind of like season two a little bit more than season one, if I'm being honest. I, I uh, like the new dynamic and everything. Because, like, mm-hmm. uh, something that I will give credit to the show, and I don't know if they continue this into season three and four, but in the first two seasons, like, Joe he is, in a way, a little gray. He's more on, like, the evil side because, like, you know, he is a murderer and he does all yeah. this stuff. But, like, to, seeing him take care of like the that for that one kid in season one who yeah, had like the Paco. abusive father and everything, Paco, yeah, and then the girl in season two that was being like groomed on by Chris D'Elia, yeah. who was just playing himself in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like uh, the, the, those those dynamics, I think, were very interesting. And him, uh, you, you guys know how I feel about California and Hollywood. So just like yeah, the the cynicism, what? And, like what they it makes not, you feel. Not That's good. why I didn't like season two. They were in California. I was like, ew. But that yeah, was looking for the point. Yeah, because I he, know. He and like, it. Love was working at the stupid, like, what the, What was that stupid place? Uh, Trader Joe's. Was it? Equipment. Market? It was some, <laughs> yeah. some vegetable, expensive market. Bougie Holmes. It was like a market slash bookstore slash coffee shop. It was yeah. disgusting. <laughs> it was, yes. But it's just like, yeah. it feels like he's on the back foot this entire season, and you already had, like, the previous baggage from first season, and you never know when that was going to be brought back up again. So I really like the tension of that season. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, love. I'm, wow, love. You has gotten Love is an point. interesting sort of deus ex machina, in a way. You think so? You think I mean, because... So? Where? She, she sort of comes in at the end of season two, when she comes in at the last moment... Uh, she she kills one homegirl that was on the case, and then because of her influence and her money, they're able to get out of that situation. Yeah. It's not a bad Deus Ex Machina, yeah. but in a way, you could see it as okay. This love from the machine. <laughs> That's funny, <laughs> but you know, I will say I I really am. Once again, spoilers. I'm really mad that they killed off my girl Delilah because she did not deserve that. Like she she straight up just didn't deserve to die. Like I'm so mad about that. And like I, I know that matter. like I know that this like you is pretty much a bunch of people who don't really deserve to die getting murdered for like very small offenses. Uh, more so in the, but, the second season, than the first season. I hated oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. those in that first season. But it's just it's just like okay, like I I they were all like bad people, but I didn't you didn't want to see like you didn't want to see him die, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, the peanut allergy one? Oh, that, 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 one that one was just cruel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it like, that's crazy. Um, they no. don't care. But Delilah didn't deserve didn't deserve what she got. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was just annoying. It was just annoying. 
and oh wow yes you haven't watched season three so i'm gonna leave that there oh that was a close one (laughs) 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 i still haven't seen the mario movie yet either and i'm 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 so mad at myself you guys gotta bro you guys gotta watch it bro I heard it was clean. It's it's good. Uh, and, okay, it's the, the thing about the Mario movie, once again, I'm not spoiling, but the thing about the Mario movie is that, like, the critics, like, are panning it, but everyone who's, like, seen the movie that isn't a critic is like, this is great. And I think that perfectly encaps- encapsulates what the movie is, you know? I don't think the movie is ever going to, is, like, winning any Oscars or anything like that. But, the, like, it it made my soul happy to watch it. Like, it made my, my, my heart, like, flutter. You know? Yeah. That's what uh, it's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think critics Was are... Because there... there's, there's more than one way to make a movie or a TV show and story. And it yeah. feels like a lot of critics just subscribe to the same philosophy, which isn't mm-hmm. in it, in and it of itself a bad philosophy for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's other stuff to do that. And, like, you know, I, I want to be entertained sometime. Right. Like, not every movie has to say something profound about, you know... Not not everyone is gonna. Not every movie is gonna be a no no country for old men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, good movie. That was a very um, good movie. Quick question for you, John Luke. Since you've seen it, would you yeah. say it's on the same level as like the Lego Movie? Um, and like Wreck It Ralph. You're talking about a Mario movie, right? Yeah. Not no country for yeah, old yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. I was very confused. No. For a second. I, like, I thought you were gonna say, "Oh, do you think no, no good country for old men is like on the same level as like I don't know Inception or something?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, but the Lego Movie." No, oh, no country oh. for old Mario. <laughs> Gosh. Um, <laughs> wait, no. Before I answer the question, I'm just thinking about it. Like, imagining No Country for Old Men, except it's Mario, and like, what's his what's his face is like Wario that's killing, going around killing people. Yo, chill anyway. Out. Um. <laughs> anyway, I do think. Mm, I think that the Lego Movie and the Mario Movie touch on different things thematically, but I think it's in the same vein of like. Actually, no. The Lego movie, I can sit down and actively enjoy as an adult because, like, the movie thrives on nostalgia, but while while the Mario movie also thrives on nostalgia, you watch it and you're like, this is very clearly a kid's movie, and I did not feel that way watching the Lego movie. Like, so... like watching, watching the Lego movie, I felt like, okay, this is a movie made for people who used to play with... Play, who used to play with Legos, who are now adults, but wrapped in a kids movie, wrapped in a kids movie like product. But I, the the it's Mario a kids movie, movie, no, no, I think it definitely is. But I think that in comparison to the Mario movie, like it's not as much as of. I can't. Oh, so there's it, not like that mature undertone. Like yeah. there is with Lego. Okay. Yeah, like like watching the Mario movie, I'm like, okay, this is made for children. It's made for children's attention spans. And that's that's as that's as like close I can get to without spoiling the movie. Um, so well, yeah, I hope I still enjoy it. Despite no, no, it's that. definitely enjoyable. It's very much like at, at at its very base level, it's like ooh, pretty colors, enjoyable. Um, yeah. Okay. Just the comedy is more like very slapstick. Basically. Not even. It's just you get you gotta go watch the movie. I, I will see. ask for one minor little spoiler. It's not anything to do with the plot, not really anything that I would like freak out about. 
does Seth Rogen do the Seth Rogen laugh as Donkey Kong? No, he doesn't. And I was really? so surprised. I was so <laughs> surprised. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. At no, at no point did he really go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dang. Like, wow. I, I was like, oh my gosh. But, Mr. Um, yeah, I know. He's um, acting. And no, no, no sly weed <laughs> jokes either. I thought there were going to be a couple weed jokes. No. Um, but yeah. We like the console or... Weed, yeah. weed, like as in can, cannabis, oh, as in marijuana. Oh, as oh, in he's talking about marijuana. Yes, no. I was surprised there was no uh, Donkey Kong weed jokes. Um, <laughs> like with bananas oh. instead of... <laughs> oh my gosh. And also, I okay, is it a spoiler if I say something that's not in the movie? Uh, uh, d- depending on if it has to do with the plot or not. It it doesn't. It's like a ref. It's like a reference that wasn't made. Okay. There were no Smash references, like whatsoever. I think that's good for right now, because I think okay, that the, okay. the, they're maybe like testing the waters with the Mario movie, and they, we might get some more Nintendo movies with Illumination. I don't even. I don't even mean like like plot wise. I just mean yeah. like there are fight scenes. And there are no, like, smash moves. Like, at all. I was so, like... Like, I'm watching it, I'm just like, so so no forward aerial? No, 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 no none of that? <laughs> D- DK's not gonna, DK's not gonna spin? Like, what, what's... Anyway. That, that just kind of, that just kind of irked me. I, I was really surprised to, to, um, to not see anything like that. But no, you guys, you guys should watch the movie. It's, it, it's gonna make, it's gonna make your heart happy. Um, oh, and... Well. I hope that this podcast episode has made all of your hearts happy. I really, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you can find us on social media on Instagram and Spotify at Three Cousins Do a Podcast. Please make sure to share with all your friends and family. All right? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.